Ladies and gentlemen, this is VM Evolution Podcast, and this is your main event of the evening with a 60-minute time limit. The man in charge of this episode is your host, Vic Muscat. We have Mr. Texas himself, and from what I hear, Playgirl Magazine is leaving a voicemail after voicemail, but he would not return their call, KPG. How are you doing today, sir? Doing good. Today, we have the holy man with the silver tongue. Used to be ravishing, but now has a sight on the Ohio Valley Wrestling Heavyweight Championship. He is the Reverend Ronnie Roberts. How are you doing today, sir? Amen. That's what a beautiful day the Lord has made. And as always, I will rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. We'll appreciate you coming on because we know that your focus is on the OVW Championship, which I'm one of the people that think that they're kind of like jobbing you here. They kind of like not giving you the fair shot. I guess I just feel that way. They're not giving you a fair shot at the title. You don't think so? Well, you know what? I'm the type of guy that you don't need to give me a shot. I just need an inch and I'll make the hole big enough and take it myself. So, you know, it is what it is. I don't I don't get in all that fair shot. I control my own shots. And as you know, you all might have heard, and I always say in the man whose hand is guided by the big man's hand upstairs, that's all I worry about. I just do what I need to do and everything else will fall into place on its own. So how would you describe yourself in one word? In one word? One word. Blessed. One word. Blessed. You know, I've got a beautiful family. Uh, my career is excellent. I live my dream every day. I am blessed. I can see How that. did you start your journey in wrestling? Say that one more time. How did you start your journey in professional wrestling? Well, um, as a uh, youngster, I've always, this has been a dream. It was one of my dreams to be a professional wrestler as a kid. And I know we all say that. Um, and it took me a long time to actually make it come true. Um, but I was actually just working. I had moved back from Canada and I was just working a job at Toyota. And uh, my buddy and I would talk about wrestling every day, nonstop, ad nauseum, to the point where everyone else who was working with us hated to be around us. <laughs> um, but my team leader uh, came up one day and was like, hey, I think I know somebody who, who wrestled or used to wrestle. We could probably get you in. My buddy and I are like, yeah, you know, cool. That'd be great, not thinking anything of it. Uh, but lo and behold, he knew somebody who knew somebody who knew somebody. And uh, he introduced me, and that's how my career started. <laughs> What does professional wrestling mean to you personally? Oh, man, it's like I said, when I say I wanted to do it, it's been a dream since a kid. Wrestling, at least to three generations in my family, have been hardcore wrestling fans. Um, some of my earliest memories of me, like three or four year old, sitting um, a couch. I'm sitting on the floor in front of the couch. My great grandmother who was sick, hooked up, had the old school oxygen tank with the, the lines in her. And we're watching wrestling and she's mad. She takes off her house shoe and throws at the TV. Oh, those four horsemen are dirty. Huh? You know, she's hot. And so that passion about wrestling, that's my, and that was my great-grandmother. and went from my grandmother to my mother and obviously, you know, me. And then my kids are kind of getting the same, definitely getting the same thing now uh, since their old man is, is knee deep in it. 
Um, so it's one of those things has been, it's been a passion in my family for so long. And um, it's just, I wouldn't know what to do throughout my whole life without professional wrestling. It has always been a part of my life. And now it's a huge part of my life. It pretty much is my life. Um, so I don't even know if that answered the question, what it means. It's just that when something that passionate starts so early in someone, it's something that kind of takes a hold of them and it has been influential in my entire life. What characteristics do you think, besides the wrestling part, do you think that people need to be to be a great wrestler? What people need to have to be a great wrestler? Oh, besides besides the wrestling? Oh, you like, come yeah. on, man. Have you all watched have you all watched me at all at OVW? Uh, I'm not known for my wrestling. Um, even though I can, don't get me wrong. Um, I'm known for grabbing that microphone and being able to, to wow the people. I think uh, Vicky used the term silver tongue. I call myself the silver tongue saint sometimes because that right there is almost just as important, if not more important than the wrestling. Um, that's probably the biggest thing and me being me, when you see me on TV, you see the Reverend and you know exactly who the Reverend is. There ain't no ifs, ands, or buts. You don't, you know what my motivations are. <laughs> you know why I'm doing what I'm doing. And you see, oh, you don't even have to see my name. You're like, oh, that's that guy's a reverend, or that man's a holy man of some sort. Um, that that's what's important in wrestling. Um, especially if you want to set yourself apart because everybody wrestles, everybody grabs a headlock, everybody hits a shoulder tackle, but ain't nobody that's gonna go out there and grab that microphone and do what I do. That is true because I really thought you were a legit reverend. I am. I, you, are, you are. Yes. No, because I asked you if I could call you reverend, like, so I call you Reverend Roberts and you're like, call you whatever. Usually reverends are like, yes, call me reverend or doctor or whatever. Yeah, exactly, yeah, I didn't go, I had a buddy of mine in high school where I called his house and I didn't know his father was a doctor. So I was like, hey, Mr. So-and-so, and he hung up on me <laughs> just because I called him Mr. So from that point on, I was not caught up in, as Dr. Evil says, you know, I didn't go to Evil Medical School to be called Mr. I don't, I don't get on board with all that. I'm just, I'm just me. I, who, who am I to try to flaunt this title, you know, over somebody and make you call me Reverend or Doctor? No, I'm not into all that. So you're a cool Reverend. A cool revenue. I mean, I guess you know that's that's not really up to me to decide. I guess you all decide by the end of it. I've already decided. I thought you were a cool reverend watching you on the Ohio Valley wrestling. Oh, okay. Well, thank you. I'll, I'll I'll take it. Just let my kids know because I don't know if they think I'm so cool or not. Um, who can you say are your best friends in the wrestling business right now? Um, right now on the wrestling front, I think uh. I really like uh, Benjamin Franklin. Um, I like that Jackson guy who appears. Um, I'll accept George Washington and Abraham Lincoln's as well. Um, <laughs> those are probably my best friends. Uh, other than that, if you didn't catch the reference, everybody out there, I'm talking about money. Um, other than that, um, I don't know. I got a lot of them. I don't. I don't think I want to. I don't think I want to pick out the individuals right now. There's too many people that I'm really cool with. I found myself to nowadays being almost an elder statesman, and I get a lot of people who come and talk to me and ask for advice and things of that nature. 
Um, so I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna pick out any best friends. I'm pretty cool with everybody. I don't have any heat out there these days. Be nice if I. Uh, be nice if I unmute the mic. That's all I can say. <laughs> oh, um, you might want to do that. <laughs> what's something everybody in the industry in the industry should stop doing and start doing? Hmm. Like this, this other wrestlers and things, huh? Um, I think we should start taking ourselves more seriously, perhaps overall. Um sometimes especially young wrestlers they don't see the big picture and they just want to go copy what they see on tv well how about you start being original you know that's what i like to see because i guess it doesn't do you any good to go be like somebody else i think we need to work on becoming more original more originality in wrestling um and not and and, and with that said not the easiest thing to do because you know wrestling's been around for a long time and it's hard to come up with new things, but not impossible. I promise you that. Um, maybe, so, um, or, or at least go study old stuff and make it new again. Um, so a couple months ago during COVID, Undertaker brought up, oh, these new wrestlers, they, they're too buddy-buddy. And back in the day, we used to carry pistols and knives in our carry-on bags. Now these new wrestlers are playing video games with each other and live streaming and all that. And right. so how do you feel about the old environment to wrestling, how it is now? Well, I mean, there's something to be said, I guess, for what The Undertaker said, but it's a little bit, it was a different, it was a different time back then. Um, it was, you know, it was a little more, things were a little more, perhaps cutthroats and there was a uh, perception of wrestling that was different than it is now. Um, you know, now I don't think everybody needs to carry a pistol and a knife these days because it's not the same thing. Um, wrestling has become, it has become a little lighter, I guess. I don't know if softer is the right word for it, but it has become lighter and it's become more of an, uh, to a lot of people, an entertainment thing as opposed to a sport. And I think that's the big difference of what The Undertaker's trying to say. Me, I'm a sport guy. This is wrestling is a sport to me. Um, you know, I trained and I've trained for years to become a good athlete and be good and, you know, do my thing in a sporting venue is how I see it as well. Um, but I think sometimes we get too caught up in the entertainment part that it becomes the old school guy, I think it's kind of soft. And overall, it's probably true. There's probably not as many tough guys in the business because of that. Um, but that doesn't mean that everybody's gone. It doesn't mean that, that, you know, that are no tough guys or anything like that. Um, it's just things have changed. The world has become a little different. I mean, nowadays you can't, you can't carry, pull a gun on somebody or something like that without any repercussions. That's just not going to cut it. Um, back in the day, you were able to do that. Back in the day, you could, you know, stretch a young guy that was, uh, even when I got started, stretch a young guy or, or beat him up a little bit to kind of teach him a lesson. Nowadays, that's unacceptable. Um, whether it's right or wrong, good or bad, I don't know. But, you know, I, as a guy who feels like he would have made it in those old old times, I don't mind the other saying that. Uh, it is what it is. Um, personally, 
is it probably better that some of that stuff has been curtailed? Sure, absolutely. Have perhaps we've taken it too far? Sure, absolutely. <laughs> so there's a happy medium in there somewhere. Um, I honestly think that wrestling is not for everybody, even though everyone likes to think, oh, wrestling should be for everybody. Everybody should be able to wrestle. No, I don't agree with that at all because it's not for everybody. Everybody has a role in wrestling. Some people are wrestlers. Some people are referees, some people are ring announcers, some people are commentators, and some people are fans. And I think we all have to find our lane and be honest with ourselves and stay in that lane when we uh, boil down and really look ourselves in the eye. And because there probably are some people in the business who probably don't need to be there just either because they physically can't handle it or mentally they don't understand that it's the wrestling business. Um, so I think there's a I think there's a happy medium in where we don't need to go back to those Undertaker days, but at the same time, perhaps we are a little too light sometimes these days. There's a happy medium in there somewhere. You've been in the wrestling business for many, many years. I mean oh, over a decade. I mean you're I mean, I don't want to give out people your age or anything, but I know is that I'm only a you couple know how old? years. What's up? You know how old I am? 41. Man, how do you know that? I do my research. Okay, I, I didn't think I, I didn't think I put it out there so much, but all right. I, I, I just saw it on like a cagematch.com and say what's your wrestler, but both and came up. But anyways, oh, I'm, okay. I'm 44, so gotcha. Tell tell us about your first match in professional wrestling that you've had. <laughs> well, as most people probably tell you, the first match is never the best match. Um, I, I, can, I remember the emotions going through the curtain because I was ready. I felt like I'd been ready to have this match. Um, and I was, most people get nervous and butterflies, but I was excited. I couldn't wait. And as soon as I hit that curtain, oh man, I let everybody in attendance have it. I just, you know, I let it all out. However, um, I was facing my, the guy I original si originally signed the contract to train with, his name was a uh, wrestler whose name is Johnny Bad, uh, a Kentucky wrestler, um, probably not so well known, but locally is well known. Um, and that's who my first match was with, um, the guy who I signed up to teach me. Um, and I don't know, I, I can say I wasn't a big fan of it. I, uh, well, before I got in the ring, it was good. As I went through the curtain, but once the match started, I just, I don't know. I, I, I got to say, I, I, was, I wasn't pleased with the way it went down, but it is what it is. It happens. Most people's first match is terrible. I don't know if it was super terrible, but it wasn't up to my expectations. Um, I was expecting to, I don't know, maybe I was just arrogant at the time. I'm expecting to go out there and have a five-star match. <laughs> but in hindsight, I should have known better. Um, but it was, uh, it was kind of a letdown. However, from match two on, it made, it was a, a complete 180 and I started, I started understanding things and it was much better. KPG. Oh, um, after that first match, what did you learn about yourself? I learned that I was, I learned that I was ready. A lot of guys go out there, they don't, they think they're ready and they're not. Um, I learned that I was ready. I was ready to do this. I was, uh, I was already a grown man when I started this. So it wasn't like I was a kid. I had many life experiences um, that helped prepare me for this. And I learned that 
I learned that I, I won. I, I knew I had to, more to grow as far as the in-ring wrestling. But I also knew that I had a gift because from day one, as soon as I hit that curtain, I was running my mouth. <laughs> and so I had that. And that gave me the ire of everybody watching. So I had already grabbed a hold of something that I would carry with me for the rest of my career and hone and try to perfect every day. So what's the um, what's the biggest surprise you experienced about the business when you started? Um, well, I guess some of the, uh, I don't want to say this, you know, you, you, you hear about before you start wrestling. Actually, I didn't. It was more because, you know, I, I didn't really um, read the dirt sheets and be on the internet and all that stuff. But the when they talk about, people talk about the politics of wrestling. Um, I didn't really have a gauge on that, you know. So that was a nuance that I had to, and it took me a long time. It took me, I'm talking about over half of my career to really, understand the nuances of the politics I guess the backstage stuff in wrestling um and I think the general public thinks they understand what that means but they don't and I'm not going to take the time to explain it right now but it, it, it is a thing and I had to get adjusted you know I I had to uh understand that some of the stuff that happens backstage is just as important as the stuff that happens in the ring. And uh, once you learn how to navigate that maze, you become better for it. Um, if you if you weren't a wrestler, and what would you be doing right now? Um, probably coaching football, more than likely. I spent a little time uh, playing a little ball when I was up in Canada. And uh, but even before that, I, I opted out of playing college football, which is probably a mistake. But I did get into coaching. And I coached football at the high school level for many years. Um, and I kind of miss it. So I would probably be a high school football coach somewhere, or maybe I've moved up to a college level coach by then. I don't know, you know, but probably coaching football, um, still being dad. Uh, that's probably it. That's my other passion is football. I love playing ball. I love coaching ball. I love everything about it. Same thing with wrestling. I love coaching wrestling, love wrestling, love everything about it. Those are two, two things that are lifelong passions of mine that I was able to do at a, at a, more than an amateur level. So I'm pretty excited about that. What's the one thing you wish you had known when you started your career? Uh, I don't know. Maybe, uh, you know what? That's a good question. <laughs> besides besides the, the political thing that I was already talking about, um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I wish I would have known um, more, uh, maybe I wish I would have had maybe more of a martial arts background. I had a little bit, I've done a little bit here and there, but I kind of these days wish I had that background where I can just get in there and grapple with a guy and take him down and grab a hold and 
and I can, but there are guys out there who are better than me. I wish I kind of had that background. Um, aside from wrestling, I wrestled it like in high school. Um, I wish I had that like more of a jujitsu or, or even a catch wrestling background. You know, I think that when you have that, the transitioning to wrestling is so easy. I just think it makes everything easier if you're a wrestler or a jujitsu guy or catch, you know, something along those lines. Um, I wish I had more extensive training in that. And I think it would have changed my style, would have saved my body <laughs> some trouble. And I think it would have just made it, everything a little easier. How did your journey at OVW start? Well, uh, I've been OVW. This is like my third time being there. Um, and this particular time, I was, uh, I am the, uh, I, I'm a trainer the head trainer at Grindhouse Pro Wrestling out of Jeffersonville, Indiana. And, you know, COVID had hit and Kentucky was shut down due to COVID. However, Indiana was a kind of open up and allowing things to happen. So um, OVW came to the arena where I train and where I run a wrestling show as well and decided to run show to run, you know, TV there just so they can, you know, get going again. And I had no intentions, zero intentions of going back to OVW. Um, I didn't even want to go to the locker room. Too Tough Tony, who was my partner, kind of talked me into it. Hey, go, because and part of the deal was they're going to use some of our young guys, you know, take a look at some of our young guys, you know, uh, kind of help me since they're in the, in the building and all. And I had no intentions. Too Tough Tony kind of talked me into going just to the show. Oh, young guys, you'll make, they'll be more comfortable when you're there, yada, yada. I said, fine, Tony, eventually I'll go. And uh, I met Al Snow, and Al Snow made all the difference in the world for me. Um, I, he, he enabled me to pick his mind, and even in just that first day I met him, he helped me improve as a wrestler. So I figured, you know what, maybe I should stick around and do this. And I guess since they wanted to, they were going to use um, some of our trainees, they should probably, they wanted to take a look at what the trainer looked like. And I went in there and I did my thing. And the next week I was in a heavyweight title match with Tony Gunn. So I must've impressed. <laughs> they let me cut a promo and I had a title match. So I'm like, I guess I did something right, huh? Um, so from then on, I was just so, I'm a student. I, I always trying to better myself. I'm always trying to look for the next, the next level up. I don't know if you all are familiar with like Dragon Ball and all that, but I there's something about breaking through your barrier and getting to the next like Saiyan level. I'm always for that. And I saw the opportunity to do that by going to OVW. So I continued and I will say Doug Basham as well. And I met Doug, I think like the second or third week they were up there. And so between Al Snow and Doug Basham, I, I felt these were guys who could help me reach my next Super Saiyan level. Um, so that's how I ended up going back and staying at OVW. And now here I am, I'm trying to get my hands on the OVW heavyweight title. So what's the a common myth or misconception about your job you like to call out right now? About being a reverend or being a wrestler? Being a wrestler. Um, the common misconception? Or um, yeah, everybody thinks wrestling is fake. That's the common misconception. What do you mean? Man, man, I wish wrestling was fake. 
I wouldn't be sitting here with sore, you know, sore shoulder, like this shoulder, my back, my ankle, my knee. Man, I wish wrestling was fake. <laughs> I really do, because otherwise I wouldn't be sitting here. I live with pain on the daily. Now, I grant it, something I'm used to, um, but still, if wrestling was fake, this would be a whole lot, a whole lot easier. I tell you that much. It don't get much more of a misconception than that. Look, y'all listening in, in, in whatever whatever world y'all listening in, I'd say TV world, radio world, podcast world, or you're listening on Facebook, Twitter, I don't care. Hey, y'all are running around out here thinking wrestling is fake. Y'all are wrong, dead wrong. I wish, I probably, my old lady probably wished it was fake too, because I come in limping in from a, a, a weekend in wrestling, and now she got to deal with me talking about, hey, baby, go grab me, grab me this ice pack, grab me this heating pad, hey, rub this shoulder for me. You know, the kids want me to pick them up, and I can't even pick them up with my left arm. I got to pick them up with my right arm. So, you know, it don't get no greater, no greater misconception than that right there. Sorry, I got, I got fired up on that one. That's fine. <laughs> you wrote the fact that you had an MMA background. And I tell Vic and the guys all the time, I said, I do, before I got hurt, and I just went to the doctor, I got cleared, I did amateur wrestling. And when I was in school, we went to talk to elementary kids. And they say all the time, have you wrestled John Cena? Have you wrestled Roman Reigns? I'm like, no, that's a different wrestling. So saying that and saying, explain the difference between the wrestling I'm talking about and pro wrestling for people that don't know. Because there's some kids, grown teenagers that still think, Oh, you wrestle, you wrestle, John. No, it's a different wrestling. So well, please like, explain the difference between the wrestling of amateur and freestyle and catching all that mm-hmm. between pro wrestling and what you do. Well, basically, it's the amateur style is a martial art. Um, it's just like jujitsu. It's just like, you know, karate or boxing, or whatever you want to think of as a martial arts. Wrestling, amateur wrestling is a martial arts. And it is built on technique and rules where there's no striking and no, you know, depending on what your freestyle, like you can't grab hands. And, you know, there's different there's different rule sets to different, like Greco Roman freestyle, all that kind of stuff. But it's basically one-on-one, and it's the hardest, it's the hardest sport I've ever done. I'll admit that hands down, wrestling. To prepare your prepare yourself to wrestle against another human being for six minutes, going out as hard as you can against each other. There's nothing like that on on earth, um, at least that I've done. Um, but the main difference is, and once you turn pro, then you're going to get a mix of styles. Pro re, re, pro wrestling is not always about wrestling. You'll find guys who are good strikers. You'll find guys who are jiu-jitsu guys. It is a very it's almost like mixed martial arts, but there's always that little bit of entertainment value in it. And you'll even see like NCAA uh like when you watch like NCAA finals, um the last meet or whatever, uh the national championship meet and all that. They're starting to try to adapt some of the professional style. If they got a kid who can talk a little bit, they'll stick a microphone in his face. Um, they've started coming out to music and things of that nature. Um, and that's the big difference. The amateur style is just mainly about wrestling. Professional wrestling is a mixture of a bunch of other styles, including public speaking. Uh, and you do it 
to try to make money. Amateur wrestling, you're not really out to make money. You may get a sponsorship or something like that, but if you're an amateur, that's what amateur means. It means you're not making money. Uh, pro, you're out there and trying to make money. I, I hope that was a good enough explanation. What's the worst town you've ever wrestled in? Oh, come on, man. There's no such thing as a worst town. There's like, all these- It's pleasurable town that you're just like, eh, about. Yeah, all these towns are great, man. I, I am not, you know, those people come out here, they come pay their money to come see us do our thing. Man, I got nothing bad to say about any of these towns. I love all, I'm America's reverend after all, and I've been around America, a lot of these towns. And though some are different, don't get me wrong, I can't say that any of them are bad. None of them. Um, besides OVW, um, what company have you enjoyed like working for? Or companies have you enjoyed working for? Um, well, off top, I used to there used to be a promotion called Primetime Wrestling. Ran out of Georgetown in Paris, Kentucky. I really enjoyed uh, being in. It's kind of where I got my start in training under uh, legendary Larry D. Um, he had a big hand, and I said I signed the contract with Johnny Bad to train with him, but it was Larry D who was actually in the ring teaching my basics. Um, back then. Um, I really enjoy working for Primetime Wrestling. Um, we had a good thing going. COVID came and kind of wiped it out and kind of went out of, went out of business kind of thing. Um, I really enjoyed my time working for IWA, Manny and Rotten. Um, there's nothing, there's, there, it's hard sometimes to get an honest critique from people in the wrestling business. However, Ian Rotten, I appreciate the, the honest critiques that I got from him and they helped me level up as well. Um, uh, there's a promoter named Terry England who runs in Kentucky, he runs the UCW, Ultimate Championship Wrestling, and he runs in Tennessee, he runs a lot of places. Excellent promoter, one of the best promoters I've ever worked for. I enjoy working on any show that he is, any show that he's on. Um, I'll leave it at those three, that'll, that'll work. Other than your first match, what's the worst match you've ever been a part of that just totally just fell apart? Um, <laughs> well, I mean, we've all had some stinkers. Um, I had one, one, the first one that comes to mind is a match that happened in a, in a it was raining, it was outdoor, and the ring was set up outdoor, it rained, it kind of stopped raining and so they decided, okay, we're going to go ahead and have this event. However, the ring is slick. Uh, there's a light drizzle started just as we were about to get started. So I go out there and I step into this ring. And, you know, as soon as I step into the ring, I feel how slick it is. So I, me being me, I hold on to the rope. I stand there. I don't move. My opponent comes out. He's a uh, bigger guy. He steps in that ring, goes to like, you know, his name's announced, he goes to do his whatever, and he just falls flat on his back, boom, takes the fall, and it's all I can do not to laugh. Um, so we continue on to try to do this, and it's just not working out. It's not working out. So eventually, you know, I got to throw him outside, got a little more footing out there. And, you know, and then he tosses me back in the ring, but I literally slide all the way across and back out the other end. <laughs> and just, it, 
and the, 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 the I might send y'all this video. I'm so entertained by it. Just thinking about it. It and the end of it was just ridiculous. It was, it was, it was just bad. It was just it was imagine a wrestling match on ice, and that's what you got. It wasn't good. Wow. It wasn't good at all. Um, people, um, that watch the WWE, mm-hmm. they just watch those two companies. Yeah, they don't really expand the horizon. Oh, the WWE, AEW. How do you feel about um companies, independent companies trying? Oh, I lost you somewhere. Well, these big companies are not not to say overshadowing, but they're um yeah, basically overshadowing these independent companies. I think he's trying to say like, why is WWE? It's all about WWE and AEW. Why are they overshadowing like OVW and other independent wrestling? Oh, I, I got it. Well, you you blame that on them. They worked hard. Vince McMahon worked hard to build that empire. How's it his fault that he's a giant? AEW, those guys went, did the, did whatever they needed to do and then pulled the money and got on TNT and everything. How was how it their fault they're overshadowing everybody else? Why doesn't everybody else step up and go reach them? That's the question. That's the real question right there. Why doesn't they, all these other promotions step up and do what they need to do? to get that TV contract, to get these big time wrestlers, to do whatever they need to do to reach that level? That's the question you need to ask. It's not WWE's fault that they're overshadowing everybody. It's not AEW's fault. You know, they did what they needed to do to get that. I I, I applaud them. Congratulations. You know, you can't can't walk around with a, it's somebody else's fault attitude. If something happened, if you got a promotion and it's not doing well, it's your own fault. It's your job to promote that. It's the wrestlers. It's your job to bring in the wrestlers that people want to see. You know that you can't. I don't. It, there's a reason why there's fans for only WWE and AEW because they're on the biggest platform. You're on TNT. That is a cable television station that almost everybody has in their uh, uh, in their home. USA, the exact same thing. So, you you don't think if OBW jumped on that station, we'd be up there too? You know, yeah, we'll so, so it's not so it's not that's not it's not those companies fault they're doing they're doing what they're supposed to do the rest of everybody else needs to get on board and do what they need to do if, if it's what if, if national exposure is what they want then they need to do that now what they're saying ovw's got pretty good national exposure we're in a lot of homes on a bunch of different channels and a bunch of different platforms matter of fact it's a worldwide thing you know so i don't necessarily feel overshadowed I know a lot of people who like what I do more than they like what the WWE does or AEW. Um, so I think if as far as a wrestler, it's my job to go out there and overshadow Seth Rollins and Brock Lesnar and, and, and Roman Reigns and those guys. It's not anybody else's fault. That's my job. And, if, and, and as a company, it is the company's job to go outside WWE, AEW and all those. You can't put that on them for going out there and doing business the way it's supposed to be done and exposing themselves to the general public that now when people think of wrestling, they think of a WWE. I am, that's, that's genius. <laughs> I wish I would have did that. You know, I wish I, so I, I guess to answer your question, yeah, I don't, it, you can't put it on them. It's whoever's fault. If, if you are bitter about WWE, then you should have done the same thing or at least try. Yeah, the OVW has a special place in my heart because 
I a couple, like a month ago, maybe two months ago, I got I paid money to see uh to pay for a pay per view SEW Southwest Texas Fury. Yeah. And of course, something happened and it didn't come up. So I'm like, great, I got people over to see wrestling. I'm look like a like an asshole. Right. But Ohio Valley Wrestling had um a free event on Facebook. Yeah. And it was the six. It was the like the six tag team ladder match they had was one of the main. Oh events. yeah, I, I opened yeah. up that till didn't I? So so it's like you know watching that, watching knowing that OVW is only once in a while. Say like, hey, we'll give you a free event on Facebook. Yeah. That would get more eyes in the prize, definitely. Uh-huh. Because it's like, hey, you know, it's free. It's on Facebook. It was great, and then when I saw that, I got hooked on OVW. Yeah, good. Well, that's awesome. I'm glad because you know, brother like me, good reverend don't like to do a whole lot of free, but you know, yeah. it was uh, <laughs> it obviously was a good thing if it got you hooked on it. And I believe I wrestled. I don't wrestle all that often. I had to wrestle Blanco Loco on that match. I do believe in that show, and I do believe that it was actually a pretty good little match. Um, I thought it was good. I, I like Blanco Loco. I had, to, I had to show the people every now and then I got to show the people that I can't wrestle because they don't know sometimes, you know, they think I just go out and talk and preach, but I got to show them every now and then that I can get, I can get down. Um, but I mean, that's oh, it's, ever since the new ownership has taken over at OVW, they've been trying really hard to get eyes on the product. And I think it is working. Yeah. I think it is working. Now I think it is up to us to help elevate everything. And now, I don't think people mention OVW in the Ring of Honor, Impact Wrestling, NWA. I don't think they put us in that group. Um, I think, I think going forward they will. Just because I got, I guess I got my sights on the heavyweight title, and not hey, you can line line up anybody from any of them shows and put them in the ring with me in a microphone, see if I don't eat them alive. I'm gonna tell you that off top, and that's not being arrogant. I'm just telling you what I know. Uh, Listen, no, I have no problem paying like fifty dollars for a pay per view if it's like once or twice they have a, a card that's good and it's free, and then yeah. you have a mega card and it's like fifty, sixty dollars for it. I got no problem paying for it because you're thinking of the fans saying like, "Well, here's a free one here and there," but the big one you got paid for. I got no right. problem paying for it because you're thinking of the fans. So it's like, okay, you know, I'll support. Exactly. I mean, it's a it's a good move, and I don't even think our pay per views are even that much. It's not gonna be fifty dollars. It might be like twenty five, thirty bucks. Um, but it will be worth, it'll be worth, worth it for sure. You know, I'm going to put my mandate to make sure from going forward that it's going to be worth it. Um, if nothing else, uh, America's Reverend is going to, uh, you're going to turn on that dial. You're going to be very glad that you paid that money because you got a good experience and you're going to come see him again. Um, that's for sure. Like I said, I don't say that to be cocky and I don't say that out of arrogance. I know who I am and I know what I do and I know what I bring to the table. And I'm going to bring it to the table. And that's why, you know, who, who, if I if I didn't believe that, I'll, I'll be, who wouldn't be throwing around that I'm going to be the next OVW champion? I believe that in my heart. I really believe that in my heart. I'm going to be the next OVW champion. It's not a quote-unquote gimmick or none of that. That's what I believe. This is the wrestling is there is a real competition. And I'm in it to win it. Yay, man. Amen. What's the biggest doubt people have about you? The, pe- the doubt that people have about me? Yeah. The main thing is, well, one, 
people, some OVW fans, if they hadn't seen me before OVW, they're not so sure how good I am in the ring. But I'm right now, I'm getting thrown in there almost every week now. So they're going to find out soon enough. Um, but two, everybody looks at my body and they assume that I'm out of shape. Um, and it's a doggone shame that you can't flex cardio. Because if I flex cardio, I look like John Cena. Um, but so just to just to quell all the haters, I've started working out again, and I'm already starting to see starting to see uh, changes in my body because I've been I've been an athlete my entire life. I've lifted weights my entire life. I got to the point like during COVID where I got tired of it and I stopped and I dropped a lot of muscle. I used to walk around at about 2:30. I'm no longer walking around about 2:30, but a lot of that I let go was muscle, and now I just look kind of plain. And I get it. I look in the mirror. I'm kind of plain. I understand. And I think for some reason people see that. And now just because they see that they assume my ability doesn't, is not up to par. When this is not true, I can wrestle all night long. I'll run circles around most guys. You know, I guess I've told you, I teach a training school. I'll have eight students teaching at the same time. I'll wrestle all eight of them back to 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 back. And then get up and tell them about each match and not even be out of breath. So the best miss conception is probably that you know oh man he doesn't look the part he's not even in shape and that's a load of crap i'm in great shape and now i'll just go ahead and do the outer work so everybody can look at it and stop making that assumption all right so now it's the tough part of the show which i call five bullshit questions just like questions that could make you that could be bullshit questions that make you think and some people actually think my questions are pretty decent so five bs questions bring them on what your earliest memory in professional wrestling is? The very first day I walked in to sign my contract. I did, it, well, oh, wait, wait, you mean my, my, me being in the business? If not, it's that and one I was saying earlier. In general, in, like, as a kid, you know, as a yeah. fan. As, as, a, as a kid, the earliest one is what I was saying earlier. That memory of me sitting in front of my great-grandmother is very vivid. Uh, and her, I remember exactly what was on TV. It was the four horsemen. They were attacking Dusty Rhodes. And my great-grandmother was living. I'm talking, I'm wearing, it's funny, I'm wearing house shoes right now. And, and you know, she took this shoe off and threw it at the TV. And I looked back and she, like I said, she done ripped the oxygen out of her nose and everything. And then she took the other one off and flings at the TV. And I'm just like, wow. And I couldn't say anything because secretly I like the four horsemen. Uh, but, <laughs> but I didn't want to get a whooping, so I couldn't say that out loud. Um, that's a very, and I couldn't have been, I was three, maybe four. And that's, that's the earliest memory. Um, I don't even, my mother told me, she took me to my first Russian show when I was like four, almost five, I think. I don't remember that. But I remember my great-grandmother and watching the full horse and beat up Dusty Rhodes. And, and that's probably my earliest memory. What finishing move do you think in reality will be the least effective? What do you mean in reality? Um, finish is a finish. Um, are you saying some kind of you saying like if I'm walking down the street and hit somebody with something? And like if you're in a fight and you want to use the rest of the move, like what's the least expected? What's the least effective move that would like get somebody by hurt? Uh, oh, I don't, I don't know. Um. I don't know. I don't. I don't watch wrestling like that these days. You all talk about WWE and AEW and all that. I don't watch any of that. Um, 
Um, I tell you what, I, I don't, I don't know. Hogan's leg drop. That, that, that's what of, I was gonna say. Hogan's leg drop these days is like, huh? You know, it's like, I had to think about it. Now, not, not that it wouldn't hurt, but no. you know, but but you know, it's but only if it's done by somebody who is not Hulk Hogan, because when you have the power of Hulkamania behind you, then that's a different story. Rank the top five wrestling promotions in your opinion right now. Right now? Well, WWE's gotta be one. And under understand this, gentlemen, every, any, any question you ask me about the best is gonna involve money. <laughs> so WWE, then I would imagine either AEW or New Japan is probably two, three. Um, then, let's see. I don't know. Now, it might be a toss-up between the Impact and I would guess Impact is probably making more money than Ring of Honor. I don't know how much money NWA is making. So I'll put, in, I'll put Impact in the four spot and um. You know, actually, you know what? Uh, if you go down to one of those Mexican promotions, like a Triple A AAA or something like that, or MLL, CMLL, they're probably four and Impact's five. But if you have debut in AEW, what would your first words be? What a beautiful day the Lord has made. Ha! I will rejoice and be glad. And can I get a yay, man? Amen. Amen. That is exactly my first words. And I'll admit, I'll, I kind of want to be on TV, TNT. Just as a guy who came up watching WCW um, when it was just, even before it was really blowing up, but I, I was a WCW class NWA fan my entire life. But once they start doing TNT, there's something about going and working on TNT, knowing I used to watch that as a kid. That would be awesome. And grabbing a microphone against put anybody in there with me. I don't care. Make it make it punk even. I don't care. I promise you, I'm gonna hold my own or at least not get beat that bad. <laughs> Do you agree or disagree that King Kong Bunny should be in the WWE Hall of Fame? Well, I mean, compared to some of those other guys who are already in there, he should probably be in. He should probably be in. What is your That's favorite? What's your favorite football team? San Francisco 49ers. Not doing very well this year, but I have a lot of respect for 49ers. Yeah, I mean, they yeah, they had a rough, they've had a rough couple of weeks. They've lost what four in a row now. Um, but the thing about those guys, if they could ever stay healthy, yes, it's they'd be all right. They're always they look good on paper until they start dropping down like a mash unit, and then all of a sudden things get a little rough ski. When will the Reverend Ronnie Roberts win the UVW uh, OVW Heavyweight Championship? Um, probably this Thursday in this uh, uh, mini rumble that Al Snow has put together for the title. I believe that's when it's going down this Thursday, if I'm not mistaken. So that's, you know, I've been dusting off. I got a little spot over here uh, where my collection plate sits, and I'm going to put it in the collection plate, and it'll sit there. And so it should be this Thursday, and I've made it known. I've made it known, it ain't no secret that I plan on being an ex-OBW heavyweight champion. I just don't, who's gonna beat me? You know, uh, the big man upstairs is for me. Who is gonna beat me? I don't know. I don't know either. 
Yeah, no, I can't. So I, I can only assume that I'm going to win. Maybe KPG will come out of the stands and challenge you. Nope. No, he knows. He strikes me as a much more intelligent person than that. He is. He wouldn't step up to you. I wouldn't step mm-hmm. up to you. What yeah, do you think? Listen, listen I, got, I got a lot up my sleeve. And the beautiful thing about the guy like the Reverend is that I've spent most of 2021 with a microphone in my hand and just talking. So people don't know, people are unaware of some of the things that I like to do and can do in the ring. I've only shown little snippets here and there and that was on purpose because why am I gonna put this game film out there for everybody to study? You know, I've been watching everybody, all those other guys who are contenders, I've been watching them since I joined. They've only seen me wrestle a few times. So I felt like I got an advantage um, O'Brien Kennison likes to call me one of the smartest men in OVW, and he's absolutely right. I got the wisdom of Solomon, man, and I am not wasting any opportunities. I ain't letting anybody know my game plan. All the only thing they need to know is that when I take that glove off and lay that hand on them, that's a wrap. So with this mini rubble coming on coming up, where can my audience watch it? It's on. It's on, um, well, Fight TV, first and foremost. It's going to be, it's not like a pay-per-view. This is just on one of the weekly OVW shows. So you're getting a treat right there for free. You get to go watch the OVW Heavyweight Championship get put in the Good Reverend's collection plate for free. Now, if it was up to me, I would have passed the plate first. But, hey, it is what it is. You got to bless the masses sometimes. Um, But you can find us on Fight TV. Um, There's so many. uh, We're on Roku. um, We're on Amazon Prime. And then just check your local listings um, because we're going to be on TV and uh, then from Thursday live in some areas and then the Friday, Saturday and Sunday uh, recorded in other areas. Do you have any other big events coming up? <clears throat> um, I have me personally at my Grindhouse Pro Wrestling Halloween Day, special 2 p.m. bell time. We're going to have a Halloween show. Um, that's at the arena in Jeffersonville, Indiana, 1416 Spring Street. Bring your kids. If you come in a costume, it's gonna, you're going to get in for free. Um, the wrestlers there, I'm not going to be wrestling on that card. Um, but I, that's my training school, so it's going to be my students wrestling. And the wrestlers are going to be, you can trick-or-treat with the wrestlers, going to be giving out candy, going to have a costume contest. And you're going to see some of the best up-and-comers in the area, and it's from the Midwest in general. Um, they're going to put on uh, some contests for you, and it's going to be an excellent, excellent event. And how can my audience connect with you online? Oh, man, you can hit me up on Facebook or find me on Facebook as um, Ronnie Roberts or Triple R Superstar with two R's at the end of that for some reason. Um, You can find me on Twitter at Ronnie Reverend. Uh, formerly at 3R Superstar, but I kind of got locked out, out of that account. So if you follow me on 3R Superstar, go find me at Ronnie Reverend. Uh, you can find me on Instagram as Ronnie underscore Roberts one. And you know what? That's about it. That's all I got on that one. Um, and all of, uh, obviously, you know, if you check your, check your local wrestling flyers, because I'm all over the place. I am America's Reverend. I was in New Mexico uh, a few weeks ago, and so there's no telling, there's no telling when America's Reverend, ha, the chosen one, ha, the blessed one, ha, the man whose hand is guided, ha, 
by the big man's hand upstairs will be in your neighborhood and always check me out uh, at OVW and on OVW TV because I am the Silver Tongue Saint and I am going to be the next hashtag next OVW heavyweight champion. One more question and I'll let you go. If you could step in my shoes, what would what would have you asked yourself in this interview that I didn't? Well, I, you know, the main thing is, man, what age-defying formula are you using? Because, man, man, you good, Reverend, you are looking young and handsome, brother. It's like, you. you know, you, you said, yeah, you know, I said you were forty-one earlier, but my goodness, you look like you're thirty-one. You might even be twenty-nine. Um, <laughs> that probably would have been the first question that I asked. Um, Secondly, most people ask, well, what church are you a reverend? Uh, well, you know, America is my church and the people are my congregation. So when you see me, all you got to do is give me a gay man and I'll give you a wave and I might bring the collection blade over. Reverend Riley Roberts, it was awesome talking with you. Good luck with your quests with the OVW world title. I will be definitely be watching Thursday night and seeing if you can win one for your boys right here. Uh, I will, of course. You know, I'm you know, I'm about to say I'll shout y'all out, but I probably won't because I'll probably forget. But I get hit in the head a lot. Um, but yes, please, everyone, you know, check out OVW. You're gonna, it's a good, uh, excuse me, a great alternative to some of the other wrestling that is on TV. Um, very based, very has a, sometimes a very much old school feel, and I like that. I'm an old school kind of guy, you know. But I appreciate you all taking the time to speak with me today. It's always, I, it's always an honor when somebody reaches out and wants to speak to me because I got to keep it real in my mind. I'm like, they want to speak to me for real. I mean, am I that interesting? I guess we'll find out. Um, so I appreciate you all. I thank you so much. You know how you can give us a shout out? You can win the title. That would give us enough of a shout out. Just winning that gold. Fair enough. Fair enough. Then I, I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it my all. That's for sure. And like I said, this is how. If I can say one last thing to everybody out there listening, let me tell you my philosophy in life. When you put in the work, all you got to do is just stay on the right path, keep the right mental aspect of where you're going, and everything else will fall into place. Don't worry about the things that you can't fix and that you have no control of. Just focus on the things that you can control and watch how your world just comes together like Legos, baby. I promise you, that's how I'm building my house. And that's how I'm building this building I keep taking offerings for. And that's how I'm going to build my OBW championship ring. Well said. Well, thank you very much for your time. I really appreciate you taking time off to talking with us. Oh, it's no problem. Uh, you know, perhaps after I win this title, we can bring me on again and we can talk about some more stuff. You know what? If you win the title, you got it. I will contact you and hopefully you'll find more time for us because you'll be the champ. You can have all sorts of people, you know, messaging you and just keep us in mind. Probably. Oh, I, I sure will. I sure will. I, you know, I don't accept every offer to come do a podcast, but I accept you all for some reason. It's all feel for me. I just feel it out. However I'm feeling that day, if I feel like my spirit is in tune with that, then all right. If not, then I'll have to decline. But for you all, I'll make a second appearance or perhaps I'll be more entertaining. I was very, I was very informational today. 
No, I mean, you were great today. <laughs> remember, you don't have the title yet, and we, we love you. When you win the title, just remember, everyone else just loves the gold. They don't love the rubber. Oh, you know. baby, I already know. You ain't got to tell me. I already know how the game works. Oh, show. Oh, show. Well, I appreciate your time. Take care of yourself, and we'll definitely see you on TV and hopefully on the show soon. Indeed. The only last thing I ask, gentlemen, is can I get a yay, man? Amen. Amen. Thanks, Take care guys. Take care. Bye-bye.